In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you this, use money, tainted as it is, to win you friends, and thus make sure that when it fails you, they will welcome you into the tents of eternity. The man who can be trusted in little things can be trusted in great. The man who is dishonest in little things will be dishonest in great. If then you cannot be trusted with money, that tainted thing, who will you trust with genuine riches? And if you cannot be trusted with what is not yours, who will give you what is your very own? No servant can be the slave of two masters. He will either hate the first and love the second, or treat the first with respect and the second with scorn. You cannot be the slave both of God and of money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and laughed at him. He said to them, You are the very ones who pass yourselves off as virtuous in people's sight. But God knows your hearts. For what is thought highly of men is loathsome in the sight of God. The Gospel of the Lord. <clears throat> Here's the second part of our Lord's teaching on wealth and stewardship. It begins with a highly practical but strangely worldly piece of advice from the, from the Lord, which serves as a transition from yesterday's parable of the unjust steward to today's teaching on how Christians should exercise good stewardship. I tell you this, use money tainted as it is to win your friends and thus make sure that when it fails you, they will welcome you into the tents of eternity. Our Lord is encouraging his followers to be generous with their wealth in this life, so in their life to come, their new friends will receive them into the tents of eternity. This is similar to his teaching on wealth in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus exhorts his followers to lay up treasures in heaven. Financially astute persons who put their last dollar on high-yielding and long-term investments, but Christians should invest in persons, especially the poor and those unable to repay us, which will yield fruits in eternity. The comment that money is tainted will definitely strike many readers the wrong way. Is our Lord justifying and even advocating that Christians should use money that has been appropriated illegally or unethically? Tainted in, in reference to money and wealth can refer to 1. The means in acquiring wealth 2. The way in which one desires to use the wealth or 3. The corrupting influence wealth can have that often leads people to commit unrighteous acts. Given the way in which the Lord employs the term, the third explanation seems the most likely. Money is not inherently evil, but the love of money can lead to all sorts of sin. So the principle that the Lord is trying to convey is one of a just doer rather than an unjust one as we had heard 
in yesterday's parable. The unjust steward saw his master's resources as a means for his own personal enjoyment and advancement. Conversely, the Lord wants his followers to be just, righteous stewards. If we understand the principle that everything we own is a gift from God, then we realize that God is the owner of everything and that we are his stewards. As such, we are to use the master's resources to further the master's goals. In this specific case, we are to be generous with our wealth and use it for the benefit of others. The Lord then goes on to expand in verses 10 and 13, the principle given in verse 9. If one is faithful in little things, that is, tainted money, then one will be faithful in the great. Similarly, if one is dishonest in little, he will also be in dishonest in much. If we can't be faithful with earthly wealth, which isn't even ours to begin with, then how can we be entrusted with genuine riches? The genuine riches here is referring to stewardship and responsibility in God's kingdom, along with the accompanying heavenly rewards. The climax of the Lord's application is found in verse 13. No servant can be slave of two masters. He will either hate the first or love the second, or treat the first with respect and the second with scorn. You cannot be a slave both of God and of money. If God is our master, then our wealth will be at his disposal. In other words, the faithful and just steward, whose master is God, will employ that wealth in building up the kingdom of God. If we live our lives and use our wealth without any reference to God, to whom, to whom we owe a fiduciary duty, then we will be ruled by our wealth we will become slaves to our wealth. This is what our Lord meant by saying, no servant can be a slave of two masters. If God does not rule our lives, our possessions will rule us. Only by allowing God to be ruler and master of our lives can we begin to treat our possessions wisely and faithfully for the benefit of others and for the advancement of God's kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.